Well, hi everyone, good evening. Are we all all right? Well, what an extraordinary week it's been. I don't know whether you predicted the general election or not. I certainly didn't, the experts didn't, but it's been uh, a great week for some people. It's been a difficult week for other people, hasn't it? And um, I was reading the paper this afternoon and obviously uh, Nick Clegg, Nigel Farage, Ed Miliband, they've got a period really to reassess, to lick their wounds, and they're in need of comfort, I would suggest, and all the people who supported them, all the people who campaigned with them. And I'm not being inappropriate here. I tell you that story just because uh, what I want to look at tonight on the basis of this scripture is this whole topic of comfort and how, as people, we can receive comfort. And as I begin, let's get really personal. I want to ask you, in your life at the moment, where do you need comfort? In your life, are you in one of those sweet seasons where you, you're sitting there thinking, mm, I'm, I'm not sure where I do need comfort? Or has something sprung to mind immediately? Or uh, are you in one of those really, really difficult seasons? What we're going to do tonight, I hope by the end, is really uh, just be reminded uh, as to where we can find comfort as people. And I don't want this to be really heavy, but I recognize that it is, it is a serious topic. So bear with me, and hopefully this will be really, really encouraging. For the benefit of any visitors, we're actually going through the book of Isaiah as a church at the moment. We started last week, and I'm just carrying on with that series tonight. These verses, of course, that Brian read are all about comfort. They start in verse 1 and 2. I'm going to look at this in a little bit of detail, by the way. So keep your Bibles open if you're one of those people who likes to do that or on your phone. And we're just going to go through this in a little bit of detail. Verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The repetition of the word comfort here connotes emotional intensity. And the Hebrew word for says our God in verse 1 actually means, keeps saying sort of God is speaking to his, pe his people repeatedly as a lover, wooing his people and speaking to their hearts. Why on earth is he saying this to the people at this time? Well, we heard last week, didn't we, that the people to whom Isaiah is prophesying, to whom he's writing, actually needed to be comforted. They were the uh, exiles. Uh, I explained last week that um, in 586 BC, the Babylonians had gone into the southern kingdom. They had attacked Jerusalem, it had fallen in 586 BC, and they basically carted off all of the politicians, all the celebrities, all of the um, uh, architects, artists, and middle classes, and they'd just taken them off to Babylon. And this was clearly very, very distressing for the people uh, at the time. I think a modern example of this is kind of like the schoolgirls in northern Nigeria who Boko Haram just swept in and abducted them and took them off. So the people to whom Isaiah is prophesying, the context of this, if you like, is one of quite major distress. And I want to suggest as I begin tonight 
that actually these verses are very, very relevant still today. I don't know whether you celebrated the VE Day celebrations, 70 years since the end uh, of the war in Europe, and that was a great occasion, slightly lost in the general election, but our world, as we all know, is still conflict-ridden. In the Middle East, Christians are fleeing IS, and as we speak, migrants are escaping and fleeing difficult situations in the Mediterranean. So there's a sort of strange relevance of this distress, of this theme of exile. And of course, as I said last week, the Bible paints us as people actually still in exile. There's a sense in which we still live far away from home. And in our daily lives, in our broken context, we get, we get this sense of dislocation, of fragmentation. And actually, we sense this as we do our lives in Guildford or when we're working up in London or wherever it may be. We, we sense this slight exile and fragmentation. So, are you in need of comfort this evening? We all actually experience distress in this context in which we find ourselves in. Some of our distress, let's be honest, it's kind of the daily niggles. They're, they're minor niggles, like you stub your toe. It's painful. Uh, you miss your train. But then we also experience much greater distress as well. It could be, you know, you're at school and you're struggling to make friends. Or you're at school and you're struggling with certain subjects. Or you're at university and you haven't quite found your feet there and you're not enjoying your course. Or it could be uh, more and more serious. There's major marital tensions in your relationship. You've got really quite worrying financial things going on. Or you've got a mean boss who's on the verge of firing you. Or you're severely sick. Or people you love are very, very sick. Actually, uh, we all have to grapple with these things. We often don't talk about these things very often, do we? Our sense of distress. But in a sort of regular experience of life, we often are having to cope with various things with different degrees of intensity. And I have to say, in my own life, you know, I, I relate to the daily niggles. I relate to some of those uh, other stresses. And in my own life, I'm sure like you, there have been occasions where I've actually felt very distressed, really at the end of myself. How on earth am I going to cope with this? And so these words I want to suggest tonight of Isaiah to these people in exile, in distress, uh, are very, very relevant for us. According to Isaiah, you'll notice in this passage, three voices are mentioned, each proclaiming messages of how God is going to comfort his people. And they're mentioned in verses 3, 6, and 9. And I just want to suggest three things tonight based on these voices as to how we can experience the comfort of God. You'll notice that the first voice says that if we're to be comforted, we must recognize God is coming and seek him when he does come. Verses three to five. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. 
and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And of course, in the New Testament, John the Baptist picks up on Isaiah's prophecy. He is the voice of one preparing the way of the Lord, coming from the wilderness. And basically, he announces the coming of Jesus, uh, this person sent from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, according to Isaiah, he said to these people in distress, distress, God himself is coming. You will see the glory of the Lord. In your distress, hold on and come to me. This is going to happen. Now, I don't know whether you have heard of the theory of default parenting. Have you heard of the theory of default parenting? Uh, I, I hadn't, but apparently, I heard about this recently, where, where a child has two parents, they'll often, when they're distressed, go to one over the other. It's default parenting. They'll always go to one over the other. So in my family, when my boys are di- di- uh, distressed or they hurt themselves, they actually always go to Bex. And um, that's really, really good for them, and it's really, really good for me. Um, it's not really. I mean, I actually, I actually, I, I say, uh, I actually find it a bit frustrating when they walk past me, when I'm offering them to comfort them, and they go, no, we want to find Bex. And uh, there's this sense that actually, if we're to be comforted, we must come to God, this God who has revealed himself. And... Um, We don't always, in our distress, I want to suggest tonight, first and foremost, come to our Father. Because we're children of God, He's our Father. We tend often, in our discomfort and distress, to go to other things. And we can reach out to uh, unhealthy things or healthy things. And you know what the unhealthy things are? When we're in distress, we can pick up all sorts of things for comfort. Alcohol. It might be sex, it might be internet pornography, drugs. Could be we overeat, we just turn on the TV and uh, watch all that uh, stuff uh, for hours on end, or computer games, or we get really busy, or we just start working to try and take away our pain, or we go shopping, we go into town, we buy lots of stuff, or we do mindless internet surfing. And uh, what we're trying to do uh, in these things, we go exercising, we're just trying to comfort ourselves or get the endorphin hit, whatever it may be. But you and I know we're old enough, aren't we, and we're ugly enough, certainly I am, um, to know that actually these ways of comforting ourselves don't really work, actually. Uh, When we drink, we end up with a hangover. When we overeat, indigestion when we spend lots of money over drafts, and actually these things tend to deepen our sense of discomfort, not alleviate them. And this obviously isn't a new thing. Way back in the early 1990s, the Verve were singing, the drugs don't work, they just make you worse. And so I would encourage all of us tonight, I'm encouraging myself, I'm reminding myself in times of distress, let's not do the unhealthy thing uh, that I've just mentioned. Well, what's the healthy thing? I think our culture has got more emotionally intelligent, hasn't it, over the last decades? And many, many people say, when you're in distress, don't do that. Experts would say things like this. These are, find healthy ways to comfort yourself. And so they'll say things like, 
Stretch your muscles. Listen to music you like. Take a shower. I googled these. These are all uh, suggestions. Do some mindfulness exercises. I've done some of those myself. Visualize a positive image. Speak gently to yourself. The most bizarre thing I came across was practice alternative nostril breathing. That was my... I don't even know how you do that, but I'm going to try and do that this week. It's meant to be good and a healthy way of comforting ourselves. Now, I'm not being dismissive. I'm not trying to be clever or critical, but I'm just reminding us, if Isaiah was here, he'd say, guys, in your distress, first things first, go to your Father in heaven for comfort. He is your parent. So in our distress, Isaiah, first of all, would say, go to him. This God, he said to the exiles, uh, who is going to come, this God who's going to deliver you, and he did that. This God, uh, we know in the New Testament, with the coming of Christ, came fully and uh, offers himself to us. So, point one, voice one from this passage. In our distress, if we're looking for comfort, let's first of all come to God. I've got to come clean. When I'm feeling distressed, I often don't first of all think I must come to my Father in heaven. That's often not my first thought. So let's try and be people who do that. What's the second uh, voice, if you like? What's the second thing we can do? Well, the second voice appears in verse 6, and it says, if we're to be comforted, we need to see life for what it is. If we're to be comforted, we actually need to be people who understand and see life actually for what it is. Verses 6 and 8. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. I don't know whether you like fireworks. I love fireworks. Do people like fireworks? I like rockets. The bigger rocket, the better, in my opinion. And uh, I love setting them off. You know, you put them in the thing. You've got that little uh, glowing thing. And you just... So beautiful, so amazing, so majestic. And then it's gone. Isaiah would say to us, you know, in our distress, don't forget that we are actually like fireworks. These verses 6 to 8 just remind us that life is short and fleeting. Grass actually doesn't live for that long. Life actually also is fragile. You know, none of us actually can guarantee we'll be here next Sunday. Also, life is wonderful, beautiful, amazing, a gift, but it's also very challenging. We will face many difficulties and uh, challenges, and actually, life is wonderful, but it's also quite difficult. This is what these verses speak of. The grass withers, the flowers fall. This is our human experience. But... What Isaiah is doing is just saying to the people in exile, he'll say to us, actually, though, just remember that God is good, God is real, and God is everlasting and enduring. 
despite the fragile nature and fleeting nature of life. And we must come to him if we're to be comforted. And if we are to be comforted, notice we need to be people who come to the word, people who come to the living word. That's Jesus himself. We need to be people who come to the written word. Uh, That's the Bible. And there's a sense in which when we come to Christ, we don't just fade and die like a rocket and our light dims and goes out forever. Actually, we live in heaven with Christ in eternity. And there's a sense in which the written word is enduring and truthful and uh, everlasting. And the written word is so encouraging Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teachers so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And you know so many comforting verses in the Bible. It's important when we find ourselves in distress to hold on to these things. Stuff like Psalm 1473, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. On those times when we're feeling brokenhearted and wounded, God will actually heal us and bind us up. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When we go through those seasons of distress or uncertainty and we grieve certain things, it could be a death of someone, it could be a a loss of a job, it it could be a loss of a, a friend. Actually, we will be comforted. And actually, Psalm 23, 4, 6, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Even in deep, deep distress, even if you're in exile, actually, God himself is with us. So if we're to be people who find comfort, we need to be people of the word, the living word, the written word. And we actually need to see life for what it is, actually, which is wonderful and beautiful and extraordinary, but also challenging and quite difficult. And in the challenging and difficult times, we mustn't think, gosh, this is just me. I can't believe this. Uh, How on earth has this happened to me? Actually, it's what life is like. It's just the reality of life. It's actually quite challenging. So that's the second voice. What about the third voice? The third voice reminds us that if we're to receive comfort from God, We are to comfort uh, other people. This is between verses 9 and 11. But I just want to um, read you 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. We're we're encouraged, commanded as God's people, as people who have been comforted by God ourselves, to comfort other people. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I'll come back to those verses uh, in a minute in Isaiah, but we're called, aren't we, to comfort other people, having received the comfort of God. And I remember a joy for me being back in the UK, having been overseas for a decade, is that I'm catching up with old friends, and I had lunch with an old friend Hadn't seen him for a long time, and uh, he said, you know, Mike, I really valued uh, the way you comforted me all those years ago. Uh, And this guy called Rog, he'd had a nervous breakdown, and uh, I'd just become a Christian, and I, 
I was really fond of this guy, and I just spent quite a bit of time with him, just hanging out with him. And uh, he really, really was um, thankful to me for that. It can be difficult, can't it, to know what to do or know how to comfort people. But Isaiah, between uh, verses 9 and 11, gives us important tips on how we can do this. Uh, He says, first of all, in verse 9, when you're seeking to comfort people, encourage people, point them back to God. This is verse 9. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. So actually, when we are seeking to comfort people, we just need to point them back to God. I don't know about you. In my distress, I often my head goes down and I can lose sight of God. And I can feel disconnected from God. And uh, I've greatly, I've greatly appreciated it when in testing times myself, people have just pointed me back to God, as Isaiah would recommend. That's his first tip, if you like. He'd also encourage us in verse 10 to remind those we're seeking to comfort just how powerful God is and just how much God can make a difference. Verse 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he roars with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and he, his recompense accompanies him. The Lord, you see, uh, is powerful. He has a mighty arm. And the other thing that happens in our distress is we can feel abandoned or like, what's going to happen? Not, God's not going to do anything here. I'm a complete goner. But actually, Isaiah just reminds the exiles, he would remind us today, that actually we worship this powerful God despite our circumstances, who can make a difference. And it's really, really important we remind people of that who are struggling, who are in distress. And it's even more important that we pray for them and seek to pray that God would break into their circumstances. Pray that God would heal them if they're sick. Pray that God would provide for them if they can't get work. Pray that uh, God would seek to break in and lead them out of their distress Uh, in a powerful way as we seek to comfort them. Isaiah uh, also, it's clear, would encourage us to remind people that we're seeking to comfort, that God loves and delights them. And actually, he's very, very near to them. Verse 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Often, when we're in great distress, we don't just uh, lose sight of God we don't just lose sight of his power. We actually lose sight of his, his, his nearness and his heart for us. And these verses are powerful verses. They remind us that God is a shepherd who loves us, his sheep. And he uh, gathers us in his arms and carries us close to his heart. And again, you know, this is important to remember when we find ourselves in difficult situations. That this God... Whatever is happening, whether I'm in exile, whatever's going on is actually near and for me, not against me, and delights in me and loves me and wants me near. Because we can lose that, can't we, uh, when we're being challenged or in distress. Finally, Isaiah would say, don't just do that. Also, encourage everyone, remind people who are really struggling that God is going to lead his people home, that he is going to lead them out of exile. Uh, This is uh, the second bit of verse 11. He gently leads those that have 
young. Where is Jesus going to lead us? He leads us into life and uh, truth and grace. And ultimately, he leads us uh, into eternal life with him. This is the extraordinary thing. It would be great, wouldn't it, to say that every time we pray, everyone gets healed, that um, actually all our lives sort out. But actually we have complexities, don't we? Often things aren't answered. Often God doesn't seem to come through, whatever that might be. And we have to acknowledge that. Yet, 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 God is going to lead us out of exile. He is going to uh, take us home to be with him. So we need to be people of perspective and confidence and hope. This is what Isaiah said and prophesied to the people in exile. This is what he would say to us if uh, he was here this evening. So in our distress, I don't know where you find yourself, just know that God is present, that God is powerful, that he's loving, and actually he is going to lead us home at some point in the future. Who knows when, but it is going to happen. So I suggest we're going to take communion in a moment. But why don't you just sit quietly and just think about those words of Isaiah. And maybe in areas of anxiety, it could be something quite small. It could be something really big and overwhelming. But let God comfort you through his spirit. And then we're going to come and take communion together.